right. Hello, everyone. So, as you may know, uh, over the Sundays of Advent, we have been doing a four-part series on the four cardinal virtues uh, throughout each Sunday. The first Sunday of Advent was on the virtue of fortitude, and last Sunday, December the 9th, was all scheduled to be uh, the homily on the virtue of justice. Now, here's the thing. Um, a lot of people were there on the at the Vigil Mass on December the 8th for the Sunday. However, uh, Salisbury got hit with Snowpocalypse 2018. And uh, while I was able to make it to the church and celebrated the 8 a.m. and the 10.30 a.m. Mass, uh, and there were about 15 of our wonderful faithful there at each one, I promise there's no implied judgment of those of you who are not in that 15 because I know how bad the roads were because I was not able to drive home. Um, I actually had to get a ride from one of our wonderful uh, Salisbury Fire Department chiefs, uh, Chief David Morris. Um, We actually ended up digging a man out of the snow on the way back, and he had no idea I was a Catholic priest, and it was great because... Chief Morris said, you know, I think what you need here, buddy, is a Catholic prayer. And the guy said, well, I'm a Baptist, but I'm open to anything. And I started saying the Hail Mary, and we got him out. So I still don't think he figured out I was a priest, but it's okay. Um, But I do appreciate Chief Morris's help on that Sunday. But with all that uh, understood, a lot of people didn't get to hear the homily on justice. Uh, So I'm going to just kind of give some of the highlights right now. Obviously, it's a little bit of a different setting than a normal homily, um, so I may go about it in a slightly different way. And I figure at the end, uh, I have my good friend and our director of operations, Michael Becker, right here with me, and I'm going to ask him to ask any questions or anything like that that he thinks would would be helpful for a follow-up. So Now you're putting the pressure on me that I have to come (laughs) up with at least a question or two, so I'll see what I can do. No, I'm really kind of hoping you give the thumbs up and say, wow, that is the greatest uh, exhortation on justice I've ever heard. My goodness, I'm glad glad I was already sitting down. I don't think I've ever heard an exhortation on justice, so just from the start, I could say it probably is the greatest one I've ever heard. (laughs) There you go. Well, that, that's kind of exciting. Um, I will tell you, so if you remember back to the gospel from last weekend, uh, we had, you know, sort of the, um, you know, talk like the historical setting about, uh, and I don't have the text in front of me, but, you know, uh, about Caesar in charge in Rome and Pontius Pilate and Philip and, you know, Annas and Caiaphas as the high priests, you know, like all these high people and then the word of God comes to John in the desert. Um, and you know a lot about you know mountains being made low, valleys being filled in, um, of this you know like leveling of things. And you know as we look at justice and the the definition from the Catechism, which is uh, paragraph eighteen oh seven, the first line is this: Justice is the moral virtue that consists in the constant and firm will to give their due. To God and neighbor. So giving the due to the other. What's due to them? To God and to neighbor. You know, and part of that, you know, it says, you know, firm and constant. You know, you think about like making the way straight. And I will say this is where I took the opportunity to take a dig at the state of Indiana because their roads are always under construction. And as my brother says, the state motto of Indiana is always under construction, never improving. Um, The thing is, you know, we strive for 
you know, to be a just man or to be a just woman, not to just occasionally do just things, you know, like to make, you know, the crooked way straight, to make the rough way smooth, um, to be a just person, not to just kind of occasionally have something just happen. In fact, C.S. Lewis said this in Mere Christianity. He said, there is one point about the virtues that ought to be noticed. There is a difference between doing some particular just or temperate action and being a just or temperate man. Someone who is not a good tennis player may now and then make a good shot. What you mean by a good player is a man whose eye and muscles and nerves have been so trained by making innumerable good shots that they can now be relied on. And so ultimately in this, you know, in any of the study of virtues, but as we look at justice today, it was the hope of making you a just person, not just occasionally being able to figure out one or two just acts, but being just all the time, consistently giving the due, what they're due, to both God and our fellow man. So the first half of that, about giving our due to God, uh, our justice due to God is called the virtue of religion. And you can learn about the virtue of religion in uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 2095 to 2103. And for the first time ever, I think we'll do show notes. So we have uh, some actual references here, so you can go back and look this up. But the virtue of religion, giving God his due. And when you think about that, it does make sense, doesn't it? I mean, that we have to give back to God who's given everything to us. You know, sometimes it's so easy to just get into the rut of complaining about everything, but it's like, you know, like, let's just say this. Oh my gosh. You know, the other day, actually, I don't know how long it was. Let's say it was like a month ago. Somebody must've like rammed a shopping cart into my car. Okay. So I got a dent and a scratch. Um, I like my car. I wish that hadn't happened and I could just be grumpy about all the time, but at the same time, it's like, Hey buddy, you got a car, you know, like why should you even have it in the first place, you know? So it's like recognizing with everything. Yeah, sometimes we can get angry and focused on the dent. But wait a second, why do you even have the car in the first place? You know, look at your entire life. You're being loved into existence as we speak. You owe back to God the virtue of religion, which can be broken down into four parts according to the catechism. Adoration, prayer, sacrifice, and promises or vows to God. And just to focus on one of these, paragraph 2097 talks about adoration, and it says this, To adore God is to acknowledge and respect in absolute submission the nothingness of the creature, who would not exist but for God. To adore God is to praise and exalt him and humble oneself, as Mary did in the Magnificat, confessing with gratitude that God has done great things and holy is his name. The worship of the one God sets man free from turning in on himself, from the slavery of sin and the idolatry of the world. So think about that. I mean, just to participate in this virtue of religion, to participate in adoration, you know, ultimately it does, it sets us free. We owe it to God to adore him who's created us, who's given us everything we have. And at the same time, to practice that virtue by its very practice is its reward because it sets us free from ultimately you know, the slavery of sin, the idolatry of the world, and turning in on ourselves. Because think about, okay, if all I focused about was that darn dent on my car, I'd miss out on the fact that I can get in it and drive, you know, that there's so many good things. When you look at all that you've been given in your life, step outside of yourself sometimes and give adoration and glory to God. Thank him for all of this stuff. And ultimately in that thankfulness, 
you're being set free from essentially your selfishness. And, you know, once again, it's like virtue is its own reward. It's a beautiful thing. And obviously prayerfulness, making sacrifice, promising God certain things like the vows you know, that religious make that falls under that virtue of religion as well. Now, the second half of virtue, um, especially in that, that definition from paragraph 1807, is the justice towards our fellow man. It says this, Justice towards men disposes one to respect the rights of each person and to establish in human relationships the harmony that promotes equity with regard to persons and to the common good. And I love that word harmony there, because when you think about it, so, you know, about like the mountains being made low, the valleys being filled in, you think about the harmony between people. I mean, we owe due respect to other people. And in fact, uh, this wonderful education and virtue program we've been using here at Sacred Heart Catholic School um, about teaching our kids the virtues, you know, justice can be broken down into a lot of, you know, or a lot of sub-virtues under justice. You know, courtesy, being courteous to other people is being just to them. I mean, we owe our courtesy to the people who are around us. You know, if you, I don't know, you're, you're walking along, you've got some trash, I mean, be courteous and don't just throw it on the street. You know, go put it in the garbage can. You need to be courteous to other people who should also be able to enjoy a beautiful sidewalk, you know, um, to be kind to them, to be grateful, to be loyal, to be obedient. All of these things fall under this virtue of justice of what we owe to others. And one of the key ways I think we can sort of fail in the virtue of justice so often is the way that we talk about others. Because remember, we're all due our good character, our own good name. And there's a lot of temptation out there to take it away from either pe- from other people, either openly or privately. Um, and there's a bunch of different sins against justice in the regard. There's defamation towards someone which is openly taking away from their good character. There's detraction, which is privately taking away from their good character. Or there's also gossip, you know, where you converse quietly and maliciously about a person. How easy it is to do all of those things, to talk about people. And St. Thomas Aquinas talks about four ways that we sin against others in our speech. One is attributing what is false to them. So it's like, um, you know, I could say, oh, that darn Deacon Jim, he's the one who rammed, you know, the shopping cart into work. There's no way. He couldn't have done it. Um, or exaggerating their sins. You know, ah, he's, he's always flinging shopping carts at things. No, he's not. He's not a flinger of things. But, you know, we can exaggerate so easily, right? Exposing their secrets. Uh, it's another way we can sin in our speech. Um, you know, exposing secret things that ought not to be exposed. Or finally, saying that the good actions of others have been motivated by evil intentions. Like, well, he was nice to me today, but it's only because, you know, he wants to borrow the car. Now, you know, to, to do those sort of things and say those sort of things... Um, is not appropriate. And we have to be careful in our speech that we give others their due, that we allow for their good character, uh, that we don't detract from that, we don't defame other people, and that we don't fall into that trap of gossiping about them. Uh, Finally, I would just say, you know, uh, showing favoritism towards folks or bribing other people are also a couple of ways uh, that we can sin against justice. And just the fine, like the closing part of this paragraph in the Catechism is a quote from Leviticus. It says, You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. So, you know, look at the individual person. You know, the way we treat them shouldn't be based on their bank account. Uh, I was 
blessed, you know, I like to bring it up sometimes, you know, to have worked for Anheuser-Busch for three years. And, you know, the, the motto of that company is making friends is our business. And when I was a tour guide, I mean, we were strictly taught. It doesn't matter, you know, if the person coming in is the prime minister of Ireland, which happened once when I was working there, or if it's someone who was barely able to scrape together bus money to get here. You treat them all the same. They're all supposed to be our friends. And ultimately, we're called to that same thing in the virtue of justice, to give to others their due. And to remember that we're all due our good name, our own good character. So I probably shouldn't defame the whole state of Indiana. So for what I did publicly, it's on Saturday night and what I still will probably tend to do now because I'm from Illinois. Um, I will probably continue to do, but I apologize for any sinning against justice I may have done in that. Uh, but that's just a brief look at justice, mainly you know, to go back to look at the definition of justice at all is paragraph 1803 in the Catechism. The paragraph on the definition of justice is 1807, as I've tried to kind of break it down um, into some sections for this talk, but mainly about rendering unto others their due, mainly God and our fellow man and women. So, you know, to pray for that grace, I think every day, you know, to look at how I've been living out this virtue of justice towards God, toward my neighbor, and how can I work towards becoming a just person? As C.S. Lewis said, not just a tennis player who occasionally hits a good shot, but one who can be firmly relied on you know, to be just all the time. So there's kind of a, just a brief recap on the homily. Michael, did you have any questions or anything for follow-up? I did think of one, Father. Please. So the saints in our lives are supposed to be heroic examples of virtue. These men and women who lived out these examples for us and are now with God in heaven. So if you had to pick one saint that lived out a heroic example of justice, who would that be? Good saint lived out a heroic example of justice. What, you mean like in our own time? Or, uh, or like matter. a particular... I mean, you could pick any saint that the church has proclaimed a saint. I mean, I, I'm not picky at what time period you choose, Father. Man, that's a good question. Um, probably, let's see. I'm going to say... Um, I really like, the first one probably comes to my mind, is uh, Blessed Miguel Pro. Okay, so he uh, was a priest in Mexico during the persecutions of the church in the 1920s. And, you know, he would kind of like disguise himself to go around and be able to offer people the sacraments. And the thing is, you know, like in his generosity towards others, like rendering others their due to bring them the sacraments, um, to give God greater glory, just like the name of that movie that's kind of loosely related for greater glory, you know, even in the midst of danger, was going out there, you know, to give, um, you know, uh, others their due, to, to bring to them the sacraments, to give God glory, even though his own, like, the, his own just treatment from the government wasn't afforded to him. I mean, eventually, uh, the government uh, had him put to death and they thought to try to you know, kind of put down and quell Catholicism, they would, and this is before moving pictures, like just right on the cusp. They took so many pictures of his execution that you could like flip them like a cartoon and watch it. I actually have one of those pictures on my wall at home. It's amazing. Um, but to think, you know, it's like he could have been like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going out there and I'm not going to risk my own skin in the midst of, you know, all this with the government. No, he was generous uh, with his very life to proclaim the gospel and go out there to give God glory, give him adoration, even though his own justice was being taken from him, his own life was taken from him. And I think that's one of the things with the virtue of justice. I think we have to be careful 
about being so focused on, well, my rights are being violated. You know what? Leave that to God. Leave that in his hands. He's the ultimate judge. As far as you're concerned, strive to give justice to others. You know, be the kind of person who strives for that harmony in human relationships, strives to give glory to God in all that you do, um, and you're going to live a much happier life. And leave, you know, the others that are going to rob justice from others to God, who is the ultimate just, and thanks be to God for all of us, merciful judge, but his justice and mercy go perfectly together. And that's probably a topic more for another time. I think that was beautiful. Honestly, I thought I was uh, giving you a nice softball with the no. same with justice, and I thought you were going to say St. Thomas More right off the bat and just go with it. But Blessing Miguel Pro, awesome answer, and I appreciate you picking a saint that I would not have actually picked. Well, I'm glad, yeah, I'm gl- and I'm glad you asked. Like, in all honesty, I was kind of scrambling there for a second. I'm like, wait a second, I should know. And this is you, great the th- viewers at home couldn't see it in his face, but he was scrambling there for a second. I was. I wasn't sure what to go with. And this is the cool thing. So that education and virtue program which I've been borrowing the school's textbook on this wonderful program about teaching the virtues to the children. Because I think one of the the trouble uh, or one of the problems today is so often like our entire lexicon on talking about virtue is be nice. And that's about where it ends. And virtue is so much more than that, as we can see. In fact, being nice can sometimes be a vice. And we can talk about that later. I don't know if that'll be the Christmas homily, but you never know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, virtue is about so much more than, yeah, just barely being nice. And this program put out by the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, really worked on very hard by my good friend, uh, Sister John Dominic, uh, it's, it's awesome. And it helps teach the kids how to live a virtuous life. And one way you can see it, that it's working in our school, so one of the virtues early on that falls under justice is affability. And some of the kids in our lower elementary made some cards to their grandparents. Where it's like they'd spell out, like, you know, grandma or grandpa, and, like, each letter had something to do about, about them. And many of them on the A put affable, which is just awesome. You know, it's like it's so much more than just grandma, you're nice, and that's all you can say. No, I mean, there's, there's so many just, like, beautiful aspects to um, just living out this virtu- virtuous life. As Michael, you know, kind of put me on the spot, but really it's like that shouldn't have been that hard because there are countless saints. But I'm glad Blessing Miguel's the one who came to my mind. Yeah, that's he's, awesome. He's awesome. And remember, you know, uh, I love this. One of my favorite moments of the whole week at the Mass in Spanish every Sunday. At the end of my homily and at the end of the Mass, although almost always at the end of the Mass, I say, Viva Cristo Rey. And everybody yells, Viva. That's what was the last thing that Miguel Pro said as they shot him. Long live Christ the King. And, you know, so to ultimately put things in the hand of Christ the King, our ultimate just judge, don't think you can do better than that. No, you can't. Thanks, Father. So stay tuned the next two weeks of Advent for the rest of the Cardinal Virtues. And, uh, Father, you want to close with the glory be? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Immaculate heart of Mary. Pray for us. Blessed Miguel Pro. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever.